All right, then, Lynch. What the fuck are you saying? Oh, well, I have an apology to make to all the, like, ardently committed Worders Originals. I feel like you've been tre- wrong this week, fam. Do you know what I'm saying? But listen, you're still close to my heart. You're still my, like, still my listener bees. So, as we have banged on about, like... Big, flappy, sand-filled vaginas. We have been sorting out the studio. Got the keys on Thursday. Went to Ikea on Friday. <laughs> then we were painting shit on Saturday. And on Sunday and Monday and Tuesday and fucking Wednesday. And Thursday and fucking Friday. And we are chilly tomorrow and Sunday and we have slightly delayed the big PR thing. You are the only ones that know about it, bar a few of our close mates, and Adam and I have kept all of it close to our chest, because we want to be like, Pa! How'd you like me now? What the fuck were you doing in lockdown, bitch? And I suppose that we're going to get a bit of like, well, well, is this completely necessary? It's just a podcast. Be like, yeah, because we... We've got people who support it. We've got a couple of sponsors, and this seems like a sensible thing to do. Instead of sitting on it going, well, it's, you know, it's ticking over, we're trying to crack on and create. And in doing so, we've been away from the fucking internet because the office that is being renovated into a studio doesn't have the internet yet. So we, we're recording in a building site, as we, again, we've banged on about. But then I am having to go home and upload it quick as you like. However, dear listeners, this evening I left uh, the studio and headed up the M6, that is uh, uh, one of the two northern motorways, if you do not know the area, up into the hills of my home county, Lancashire, to do a drive-in comedy gig for Freddie Quinn. Who the fuck is that guy? He's the guy that books fields. He's one of the, honestly, and I'll say this to everyone, he is one of the leading field bookers. Um, and there was about 40 cars there. Two couples sat out of their cars. They were uh, 50, 60 metres from the stage. It was windy. The sun was setting in their eyes. The breeze was blowing towards them. So even if they laughed, I couldn't hear it. And I'm, that's how that's how uh, strong a self-defense mechanism I have as a comedian. I'm like, yeah, I couldn't see anyone laughing, but I'm, I'm assuming they were. But the breeze was actually quite strong, going in the wrong direction. So, honestly, on the other side of the hill in that field, I mean, I fucking ripped it. Just the other side of the hill. Uh, it was a weird one. But I haven't been able to get any internet because I don't know if you know... Uh, northeast Lancashire I think we might have even been in Yorkshire fuck knows in that like weird Gaza Strip bit between the two counties that only people from those two counties give a flying fuck about it's not North and South Korea it's just some northern bellwiffs in fields there was no internet there was no internet at the KFC where I thought I'd get internet I have not been able to upload the episode so I'm going to add this driving apology and I'm going to stick it on the start of the podcast the podcast itself is 
world record short. So actually, this is much needed fluff. However, and I'm not just saying this, I fucking laughed today. It was such a funny one. Just funny. Whenever you can talk about underpants and choristers, I really think you're in a strong position as a modern comedy podcast. And if anyone's thinking, is this how it's going to be like going forward? Is it all going to be like shortened and late? No, we're just in the trenches with this at the moment. It's been a really full-on couple of days. Adam's dad, who is like 60-odd, has been incredible and has been working till he feels too tired, which is the weirdest thing to watch happen because he's the only one that knows how to decorate properly. I mean, I can decorate, but it's very short-tempered, ADD toddler sort of like, ah! Ah, is it not finished? I've been doing it for 11 minutes. I'll just start twatting paint onto this wall. He's doing such a good job, but it's knackering him out. So it's the weirdest thing to be like, uh, so much of me wants to be like, hey, um, Mick, I'll do that. <laughs> Except we're going, uh, yeah, keep going though. Do you need a coffee? Do you want a beer? Do you drink? Do you want a drink? Um, we, we're, we're now basically, we've broken the back of it and... It's hopefully going to be ready by Wednesday. So Monday's episode, Monday's episode, that's everybody. That's going to be up at a normal time, and uh, Wednesday's Patreon episode will be fully recorded, properly done in the new studio with all the right setup. And from here on in, I promise there's going to be no more fuck, you know. Fuck foolery. What do I mean? Tomfoolery. Why did I say fuck? Fuck foolery. You, I think you know what I mean. Ah, oh, what a monologue, eh? Can talk for England. This is the lack of laughter that I can hear in just talking this bullshit is more comforting than the lack of laughter when you're in a breezy field with 40 cars looking at you and squinting into the sun looks like a sort of that it looks like the judgment of people going do you please just went past oh please i just had to drop the phone <laughs> could you imagine if i got six points uh, excuse me sir can you uh, wind down your window please uh were you uh, on the phone uh no actually officer i was um recording an apology intro to my comedy podcast i don't know if you've listened to have a word uh no sir no no, we fucking haven't. Well, it's a have a word pod, and we also do a Patreon episode on a Wednesday. Okay, I'll take the points. Thank you. I've actually, uh, I've got uh, points on my, I've got three points on my license, and uh, I got them driving to see my wife's family, and I don't think I've ever resented uh, driving points, driving penalty more. <laughs> I was like, these aren't even good points. So. Honestly, next week is going to be tight. The ship will be tightened. There'll be no more in-transit apologies. It's going to be good. And today we put the vinyl sticker up. The, the logo got put up on the wall. And 
I got a dick. I got a bit of a dick tingle. It gave me a little dick tingle. And I don't, you know, I know it's not a real thing and we're not going to get emotional about a sticker going on a wall, but if you've worked hard enough on something, you're like, ah, a sticker. Oh, God. So, have a great weekend, everyone. If you're listening to this uh, late Friday as it goes out, have a turbo shandy on me in my honour as I drive home from a fucking field feeling like I should have listened to Adam who called it as a bullshit gig right from the off. He is young, hairy and wise and annoyingly nearly as unfat as me. Enjoy the thepithode. Nice one, Luke. Thanks so much for downloading the podcast. If you would like to support the pod financially, we're on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash haveawordpod. If you sign up, you can get potential discounts on merch, future live shows post-rona. But the big one is you'll get the Wednesday full episode, which is exclusive on Patreon. So Monday, that's for everybody. Friday, that's for every motherfucker as well. But Wednesday is just for patrons. Sign up at patreon.com slash haveawordpod. Appreciate you. Today's episode is brought to you by Let's Be Naughty, UK. Even though lockdown is easing, passing the time can still be hard. So why don't you shake things up and put a bit of kink into your quarantine? If you're looking to stock up on Millennium Lube or buy your mates some chocolate dildos, Let's Be UK is here to help you take your sex life to the next level. Based in the Northwest, we've got a massive selection of vibrators and dildos for the ladies or the boys, sexy lingerie, cock rings, masturbators and for the adventurous couples out there there's loads of things to discover like our kinky bondage gear we've got everything you could possibly need to put a buzz back into your bedroom we deliver all over the uk so when you shop online with let's be naughty you'll enjoy free delivery on orders over 50 quid and it's sent in super discreet packaging so you don't have to worry about those nosy bastards next door as a bonus for listeners of this podcast if you use the code have a word all as one word that that's h-a-v-e a-W-O-R-D You'll get 10% off your entire order So go to letsbenaughty.co.uk And see how much fun you can have When you get a bit naughty That's letsbenaughty.co.uk Tell me muscle again Oh, Hercules, Hercules Oh, you think darkness is your ally Who the fuck is that guy? Have you never seen me before? Don't chat to me I can see fumes coming off your pum pum Look like petrol station Disgusting Follow us on social media At HaveAwardPod And don't forget to watch Our very funny podcast videos On YouTube You can subscribe at YouTube.com Forward slash HaveAwardPod They go by Alan and Dave Aaron and Dean Grandad and the Yeti Or even Chanel and Denise But what's for sure Is they are the funniest leads In the podcast game Don't be a Tory Down your table Shandy and tell a friend This is Hava Ward It's time to shag your man with Adam and Dan Hey Hey, come on. What? Is that the kind of humour that this podcast is based around? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, that's enough. Oh, no, no, that's been, that's been the bedrock of what we've done.
Yes, it's it's what we've built it on. Really. It's really the foundation of the nonce. Speaking of building, we have been busy. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Laura's like, look, this is basically ev- the feel of every conversation with my wife this week. Are you, are you going to be in the studio again? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. What, what time do you think you'll get back? About nine. About <laughs> nine. With takeaway. See, Jade has been really good because she's not asked. She's quite happy to not see me. Hours and on end, but I tell you what's been really good for the first time in my relationship. I've had some sympathy. I've been with her nearly four fucking years, and she's always had like she knows she's lucky because you know when we're allowed to gig, I don't earn a, a fortune, but I earn a decent living. And it means that she doesn't have to work as much as the average person. And I saw it, most of the pay rent. For she. And she knows that that's up. But she's always had a little sneer at like, you do fuck all for the money. You get on stage for 20 cunting minutes and someone puts 200 beans in your pocket. And I can see it in her eyes. Like when I go to pay for something, she's like, yeah, but that's 25 quid. That took you. An eighth that took you two and a half minutes to earn that twenty-five quid. I'd have to work three hours for that. I I, I know that she's got that, and cause we've been here seven, eight, nine, ten hours a day every day for a week. I'm on the way. I'm ringing her. She's like, "Do you want any food putting in? Shall I run the bath? I, do you want me to just take the dog for a walk today? Because you could do it to sit down, couldn't you? Last night she stroked me hair as I fell asleep. The fuck? I'm genuinely considering just jacking the comedy and then start like designing and decking out podcast studios all over the fucking country just yeah. to get a bit more sympathy and love at home. You I might, felt wanted. You might be waiting a while for that second gig though. There's <laughs> <laughs> no one else is doing this shit. That's so nice. That's a good sign, you know. I think you can judge a lot about a relationship in times of need or peril or, you know, you know, like eggy relationships. Like my sister and her husband are fucking snappy. They are (laughs) chippy and they give each other shit. You can sit there sometimes going, guys, this feels fucking unnecessarily aggro. And they are a great couple. They love each other to bits. They're totally committed. They've got they've got children. They've got a house. But on the face of it, some people are like, oh God, it's not. Is it a good relationship? It's a great relationship because yeah. when shit hits the fan, they're totally there for each other. The relationships that are the fucking nightmare are the ones that are like, we're so in love. We're just so in love. And like, <laughs> uh, you know, me nan's had a fault. I don't give a fuck, Darren. <laughs> I want to watch fucking Downton Abbey. I've rented it. I'm Why are all for- your cunts, scousers? Nah, <laughs> I just, it's because I've been hanging out with you, you and your dad for a week. But do you know, I do- think that in those moments, when shit's hitting the fan or you're tired or just you're having a hard one if you've got a partner who's like I couldn't give a shit about that what about me that is a nightmare run a mile Jade and my relationship stroker when you're tired is really good and like we've both um, I've, I've mentioned on the podcast before I suffered a bit with health anxiety and anxiety in general and Jade won't mind me saying this she suffers badly with depression at times and it took me a while to get used to being in a relationship with someone who suffers with that because I'd never experienced it before. Right. But now, if I see... If I, there's certain signs that I know she's having a depressive phase or a bad time, and I can be a good boyfriend and be nice to her, and she knows when I'm 
working hard and when I'm anxious and she knows how to do that with me. There's only a problem when we both have a shit time at the same time or when one of us, like when one of, when we're both being nice to each other, it's great, but when one of us is a dickhead, out of line, we're, we're very reactive people. Uh, yeah. So if like we're being all nice and nice and then I'm like, oh, Jade, you fucking left this there. She will immediately, and we can go from I love you, let's take a selfie and put it on Instagram and book Cancun right now. We can go from that to her packing the car. I'm going back to me mum's <laughs> over like a fucking tea bag on the floor. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, but that's just because you're fiery, isn't it? Because we're passionate for each other and our love. <laughs> Having said that though, how long ha- have you got? Are you always going to be fiery? Is that just you and whoever you're with? Or are you a fiery combo? Because the fiery ones, like there's loads of fiery relationships, but is it is there like a burnout point where you're like, there's no there's no gunpowder left. <laughs> I'm pissed off, but I can't be bothered fine with you. I just want to go out with someone placid, bitch. I think that we're similar in the way that neither of us will put up with unnecessary bullshit. So if she's being a twat for no reason, I can't handle it. And I react to her being a twat because it's selfish. Yeah, when people and are vice versa like yeah, though. But then totally. that, that then, then she takes that as an attack. If she's being a dickhead and I go, "You're being a dickhead," then I might as well have fucking shagged the ma in front of her while fingering her nan and flicking her sister's nipples. Do you know what I mean? Lovely imagery, Abby. <laughs> Lovely imagery. I wonder why she gets annoyed with you. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I'm fucking glad my dad didn't sit in. <laughs> My dad's here helping us put shelves up and stuff. Like we we've we've done a lot this week, but we had a bit of help with the boxing in, didn't we? And my dad's done a lot of the uh, a, a lot of the wallpaper and stuff, and he's still here helping us today getting it finished for tomorrow. And we've got a, a little photographer come and take some pictures for us. And yesterday you were like, your dad should just sit in, be our first viewer. And I was like, I know my dad, and I love him, and he's great. But he wouldn't have fucking shut up for the hour if he was sat in here now. He'd be like, Adam. Tell Dan about the time you pissed yourself at school, lads. Go ahead. That'll be funny. Your listeners are like that one. Hey. Mate, by the way, everyone listening is going, well, that'd be good, though. <laughs> That's not a real story. All oh, right, I thought you actually pissed yourself. You'd just be making shit up. I poop. Is your mic all right? You're, you're in very movie mood. I think what it is... You're, you're, you're literally... If you can hear a sound on the, on the mics, it's because Adam's like... It's because I've been up since very early and I haven't had coffee for a while and I'm getting a bit fidgety. Okay. I'm like restless. Look at me like. Oh God. I'm like a smackhead. I pooed my pants on the way back from choir practice once. <laughs> Can we just break that sentence down bit by bit, please? Because there's several oh, no. re- there's several revelations in that sentence that no one fucker was ready for. <laughs> Well, I just thought you pissed yourself at school. I was going to build a bridge, but apparently... Shit myself on the way back from choir practice. So you... It, here's what we've just found out about you in six words. You shit yourself yeah. as a child. Yeah. You were in a choir to the point you had practice for it. <laughs> I was in several choirs. I was in two choirs. What? Three choirs at once at one point. No. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was in the chamber choir, the school choir, and the church choir. Cause I love pussy I love getting pussy And I know how to get the pussy And you love being pussy oh, for priests. Oh, oh. 
<laughs> oh no, we were C of E. They're less rapey in C of E. Oh, are they really? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The Get- ca- oh yeah, the Catholics. <laughs> that that church. Oh, they're definitely the most Nazi church. I mean, I'm not saying C of E's not put up some stats, but I don't. If the in the league table of nonces, like oh, the Catholics are like fucking Catholics. Oh, it's seagulls. Like, it's like Celtic when Rangers had been relegated. <laughs> It was like that four or five years, and I'm sure there's a lot of Glaswegians not enjoying that point of reference. I love that uh, old Kevin Bridges joke about that when Rangers got relegated. It's like English people go, well, "We thought the uh, Scottish football was always a two-horse race." And he's like, "I mate, and we lost our horse." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a classic misunderstanding of how real rivalry works. Well, I, you know, there's two teams in Glasgow, and you dominate Scottish football. I would expect you'd like a bloody fair fight right from the start of the season and bloody best man wins. You're like, no, that's <laughs> not how it fucking goes. I want those bastards fucking relegated for five fucking years. <laughs> it's uh, it's just not how it goes up there. Like Celtic just basically turned up for three seasons. Like, right, we've got eight players that can be fucking bothered. We've got the tea lady... <laughs> And uh, she's brought a cat. He's she's playing left back. The cat's and they still won every league they were in. <laughs> they got promoted three years in a row. The real shot. No, they just kept winning. They kept winning the fucking title. While Rangers were like and, and another promotion and another promotion. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, so I was in a choir. I was in the the school choir. I was in the chamber choir. I was, I in, was the in the school choir, choir for a bit. Little it skill. started with church choir. That's when it's, we we live around the corner from St Mary's in the bit of Preston that I was from. And my mum was like, "You've got a lovely voice." She, she was real bully with like things to do. My mum, like we would, me and my sister were talking about this recently. She she wasn't like like an arsehole ever. We got such happy memories of my mum, but she just wouldn't let you just have a fucking night off. Right, it's Tuesday night, it's Cubs, it's Wednesday night, it's Air Cadets, Thursday night's Judo. And i tell you something about me, Adam. I didn't enjoy fucking Cubs, Air Cadets, or Judo. Judo? I like, I don't is, wanna- that, is that making bagels? <laughs> oh, yeah. Hang on, which one am I going to go? I'm making Dewey dough. Jesus Christ. Bagels. Fuck you, know. That's one of uh, Adam's joke from the 2012 Olympics. Uh, <coughs> thanks, thanks. Uh, I don't know if anyone's uh, noticed the Olympics have been on. Thank you. Yeah, got a joke oh. about the Olympics. Um, <laughs> my mum wasn't like that at all. My mum was just—I'd come home from school, I'd throw me bag in, and she'd be like, "Get fucking changed before you play footy in the fucking street, because if you get one bit of fucking dirt on that shirt, you're still fucking wearing it tomorrow." Yeah. That's yeah. how normal childhoods are, aren't they? Yeah. Apart from if you live in a fucking semi-posh bit of Preston and you've got no one playing out. <laughs> so it's just me. I used to play football on my own in the garden. I have... Aww. Mate, I honestly... I used to... I used to... Ju- <laughs> honestly, and no, none of... The, honestly, I was alone. I was pretty lonely as a child. I had a really good imagination. I, I abused myself at church. That's how creative I was. I'd imaginary friend. Never imagine any people. Vicar Vicar Bingo Bango. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking so sad. (laughs) 
lonely, was he? He was really lonely. His imaginary friend was a fucking <laughs> sex, sex offender. <laughs> Where did he touch me? Here, here, and uh, and on his hovercraft. <laughs> Uh, Daniel, we're not sure these allegations are going to stick. Oh, funny, funny, funny. Yeah, so we did all of these fucking activities. The one that finally stuck when I was about 14, she went, right, well, if you don't want to do air cadets, you've got to do something. So you're going to go to a drama group. And I just did the same thing I've been doing for years. Like, oh, fucking drama group. Got there and there's a load of, this is, you know, 14. I'd, I'd clicked into, well into like being like, ladies. Uh, no, I was about 13, and there was older 15, 16-year-old girls who were all confident and whatnot. Drama group was the start of what ended up with me here because it became theatre studies, did a bit of radio, then I found a comedy club and went, I don't want to do drama, I want to do stand-up, and it had given me the confidence. So that was the starting point of essentially this. But, oh, my God, the years in between, like, no, you are going to choir. Oh, it was a fucking nightmare. I am... Um, choir, I went- the church choir was the worst, because it was practice in the week and then you had to sing at the church on a Sunday. I pooed my pants coming back from the- Glastonbury. There was a a poo, I pooed my pants. Played the pyramid stage. It was was us, the Arctic Monkeys. Why was I at the church hall? Anyway, there'd been a thing at the church hall. Probably building it, you old cunt. And I'd... Uh, we just like to tell this story about me pooing my pants. <laughs> it's, it's you can't get to the fucking end of it. <laughs> Where did Glastonbury come from? <laughs> it's entertaining me. <laughs> Watching you fucking get wound up every time I, I know. This Are you trying to be your dad? You, I, you're making I, up yeah. for the fact that he's not here. I do this to Freddie, you know. You know, like backstage at comedy clubs. Just stopping Freddie Quinn getting a story out is... The funniest thing in the world. He gets so fucking wound up by it. It's oh, really yeah, funny. but Freddie's stories. Fucking hell. I needed a... Oh God, I must have been about nine, and I needed a poo, and I I was like, no, I'm just going to keep going. I didn't find cover. I just stopped walking. I remember exactly where I was on Liverpool Road in Penwitham. Pooed into my underpants... I just remember standing there, didn't bend or anything, just <laughs> poop. And I was young enough that I had underpants on, so it caught it all. What? What? You were young enough so you had underpants on? Well, because I, d- I wasn't at the boxers short age. I was about nine, ten years old. So you had full long johns on? No, underpants. A nappy? No, knickers. What? You're not underpants on. Why fronts? Like actual knickers actual speedo well, why are you you're looking at me like you've never heard about underpants <laughs> I, I've had boxies on since like six months old no you no you've not yes I fucking have you have worn underpants as a small child no I'm gonna go and get your fucking dad from outside <laughs> where old, he's doing how old are you talking here I'm talking nine ten years old fuck off you had fucking underpants no oh mate I tell you what I tell you what, Boxer in our shorts, school, box- you'd just be made to fucking kill yourself. You can't wear fucking undies like that. Undies yeah. are boxies. Yeah. From the age of like six months and up. Undies are what? No. Yeah. Under ch- Children wear underpants. No, they don't. <laughs> no, they don't. Right, I'm going to go on my phone now. <laughs> right. And I'm going to try. I'm gonna, this is probably not going to do my search history very good. <laughs> I'm going to search Children in underpants Boys underpants <laughs> Right Boys This is killing Boys <laughs> Underpants Age 
Nah, this is a fucking... <laughs> <laughs> this is a fucking... Did you mean you're a nonce? Boys underpants, age nine. Watch. Ready? Oh, shit, they're coming up as boxer shorts. Oh. Briefs. Yeah. Briefs, there you go. Look at that. Fuck you. I don't want to see a nine-year-old boy in these. Do not no, show No, no, it's just the fucking... It's the packaging, isn't it? It's the... It, not got they're not they're not a child model. <laughs> How do you think Sainsbury's sell their underpants? Okay, guys, right, give me something say ooh, I'm coming back from choir practice. Come on. Really look at the camera. Tristan, look at the camera. We really need to sell these underpants. Look, that's what I mean. Just look under look underpants. Why is that It's just weird, lad. That's not I tell you what, great poo catchers. Yeah? Oh weird. you got nothing. You've got nothing. <laughs> Hang on, let's just fucking stop for a second. If you're a nine-year-old, are you saying pops? I'm a dickhead because you found pants you could shit yourself in? Practical. <laughs> just because you went to fucking primary school in a Liverpudlian Borstal where you got murdered for your knickers. You called them knickers. Yeah, I know because 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 I said underpants and you were like, huh? Huh? it's like I'd gone, you know, those, those things you wear like skibbly blob blobs. Like if I'd have said that word. <laughs> You were like, skibbly blah blah. what's that? The fact you wore them to the age of nine. Yeah, is that why I didn't get touched? Yes, that is fucking horrific. Can I, can I tell you something? Adam, this is going to go down really badly. It wasn't just the age of nine, was it? You had them on your fucking 21st. When I, when I, no, no, no. I got to 12, 13. If you... <sighs> I said, seriously, I was still wearing... I was still wearing underkecks when I had my first wet dream. So I was, what, 22? <laughs> Yeah, I genuinely I remember you. These are memories, aren't they? Why am I talking about pooing and jizzing in my little underpants? <laughs> yeah, I was still wearing. So how you, you how, wore those? Well, well into my teenage years. Yeah, that is. I can't believe what you're saying to me. I think drama group. I discovered Links Africa and 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 proper. If you you know in like PE, you know in PE. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. changed with all the other lads in yeah, school. Yeah, yeah. If you'd have got changed in my school, yeah. And you and you had them on. Yeah, you'd be dead. Yeah, this yeah, podcast yeah. would not be hopping, hop, hopping. <laughs> I can't even speak. Hip I'm that fucking angry. That is, I can't wait to tell Carla. <laughs> You're gonna email your mate in Japan, lad. Can I, can I tell you something? Started wearing box shorts, mm. wore box shorts. You know, out of the nineties into the noughties. Met Laura in 2014. Mm. In 2015, I had a conversation with her. I was like, Laura, I'm getting a bit annoyed with boxer shorts. They always just feel like they sort of... You haven't got wife on Tom right now. I've been wearing underpants since 2015. You've you've got them on. Not not that size, but you've got adult size them on right now. I've got underpants on, yeah. I don't want to do the podcast anymore. Do you love podcasts? Have you always wanted to do your own, but you don't know how? Well, here at Lightwork Studios, if you've got an idea for a podcast, then we want to record it and record it well. Whether you're doing your first podcast or you've been doing it for years, we think all podcasts should look and sound as good as possible. And with prices starting from £30 an hour, we are by far the best priced professional podcast studio in London. We've got three HD cameras, six top-of-the-range mics, and a sound technician on hand to make sure that all you have to focus on is talking. We can have the recording edited and sent to you the very same day. Find us at lightworkpodcasts.com so we can help record your next podcast.
Send in your questions and suggestions to haveawardpod at gmail.com. Let's crack on with this nonsense. Dan. I've got my front. Dan. <laughs> He's actually got next wife front on. They shouldn't even make them. Have you never told me? You have fucking never told me. I'm an underpant wearer. You're a fucking nonce, and I've and I mean it now. It's not even in a jokey way. If we if I went swimming with my fucking kid and you were getting changed and put them on, I would I would go. Come on, son, let's find a different swimming mats. I would not let them get changed in the same room as you and them. They're comfy. No, it doesn't matter if they're comfy. Who's seen them? Who's seen them? It doesn't matter, lad. I know. I'm never going to look at you the same way. I'm going to be sat across from you doing the podcast in the air. And I'm, I'm, you know, you know when I zone out sometimes, and you know I've done it. That's going to happen a lot more now because I'm going to be looking at you in your eyes, and you're going to be doing all your fucking comedy shit. And I'm just going to be thinking, he's got fucking wife fronts on. I can't believe they're fashionable wife fronts. I own a fucking business with you now. This is this. This would be. This would get rid of a prenup. I'm telling you right now, you should have told me this before. Do you know, you're, you're working so hard right now, being really humorous with all your comedy shit, like you said, it's paying for my underpants. That's what you're working for now. <sighs> my keck money, bitch. And plus point, just like back in 1990, when I did a plop back on the, from the way from church, if I pooed my pants right now, it'll all be caught. It'd all be in there. It wouldn't be like boxers. You've got an incident, haven't you? You've lost a good pair of trousers. You shouldn't plan your life around shitting your pants <laughs> as an adult man. I haven't done it. This is coming from it. someone with IBS. The risk of me shitting my pants is significantly higher oh, no. than you. You're going to need more than these for IBS, aren't you? Like full fucking bin liner yeah. wrapped around. <laughs> I never told you I'm a knee. I'm a... No. I, like, I'm an underpant no, wear. It's no. one of the best things about being married. Who cares? Laura doesn't. I care. Do you think it's part of the reason why we only have sex once a month, me and Laura? Maybe twice if I'm... A hundred percent. you think? Yeah. Think about what you look like in them. Uh, nothing else on. Fat man, baby. Exactly. Do you want to see? Absolutely, under no circumstances. I'd rather see your gaping bumhole than, than see that. Well, that's unreasonable. Why would you rather see my gaping bumhole? Because I can... To, I can... See, to see my gaping bumhole, you'd have to see the underpants. No. Because I could just get close. <laughs> I've seen. Do you not have a problem with the 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 the, the underpants sort of sort of scrunching up a little bit in the gooch area? No, really. Yeah. What's happening with me then? I don't know. You're really upset, aren't you? Yeah. It's weird. Oh dear. I got in the choir as well. Call back. I was miming. I told you this is. Will there. you leave that fucking mic alone? No. Just leave it in one place. Is it annoying to you? I'll, I'll never touch it again it. if you start wearing boxies. Just twat it all around, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Um. Yeah, I, I got in the choir because I was miming. Because no one in our school wants to be in the choir. And they were like, today's assembly, we're going to pick our 12 people for the choir. So, come by, come by. And I was there miming, like, I'm not getting in any fucking choir, not putting me in that. That is social suicide in this school, motherfucker. You got to protect your neck. Everyone had to try out for choir. Was it a. Why were you there? It was just assembly. 
And right. they were like, right, we're or hymns or whatever. We went to a Catholic school. Yeah, yeah. So you did hymns like once a week or whatever. It was fu- like looking back, it's fucking weird. It's culty, innit? It, honestly, one of the biggest annoyances of my life about being British is the connection between the edu- state and church with education. Yeah. It's a, if you think about it, it's fucking dreadful. Like, oh, you want to go to a good school? You want your kids to go to a good school? In your area? Yeah. Well, that's... Uh, say what one. we say when we, we say, say it. it. <laughs> Katie Mulgrew had a great bit of that. Be like, mate, if there was a Muslim faith school around the corner from me, I'd be in a fucking full burqa <laughs> doing the school run. <laughs> Off you go. <laughs> We've changed his name to Ahmed because it's got Ofsted excellent. Salam <laughs> alaikum, Barbara. <laughs> It's Jade a funny bit, man. is really, really, that's really funny. <laughs> I've added that. I've added that. Um, when when Mulgrew retires, I'm going to say to her, like, can I have that bit? Thank you. I'm going to do what Matt Reed did to uh, Benny Boot when Benny Boot went, ah, oh, fuck, I'm giving up comedy. And Matt Reed was like, right, can I, can, what? <laughs> right. Did he take a couple of his jokes? <laughs> yeah, his yeah. jokes. Yeah, yeah. And he talks like that, all right? I don't um, know what the fuck impression of Matt Reed that was. But yeah, if uh, there's like this weird thing with comedy that if someone retires, I, guess I don't think it's happened loads, be like, shit, are you giving up, mate? Is that you done? Can I have like going through a dead man's fucking wardrobe? I, when I did Roast Battle, I bought a joke off Rob Thomas that I knew he already had. And I, I messaged him, I was like, do you still do this joke? And he was like, I don't really do that one anymore. No, and I was like, I'll give you a hundred quid for it. You can never do it again. It'd be mine. Well, it'll be perfect for roast battle. It was um, Rob's joke used to be is uh, his dad. It was so clear. <laughs> his dad always used to tell him he was an accident, and he took it too far. He used to every year on his birthday he'd, he'd tie flowers to his own bedstand because that's where the accident happened. <laughs> Good bit in it, and I I knew he had it, and I was writing for the roast battle against Maisie, and I was like, that'd be good that to say. You were unplanned every year on your birthday. Your dad has flowers in the bedside. So I just text Rob and was like, can I have that? And he went, yeah, I don't use it anymore. Give you 100 quid for it. There is, uh, I honestly, if more, I've thought about that. She did, she, she I, I basically came up with the the idea for the bit. And then Katie Mulgrew, who's one of my close mates in stand-up, well, in life, I spoke to her yesterday. I saw her do a version of it, but she'd already tried it and it was more complete. And I was like, oh, fuck, I thought of that bit. And then you've done a great job of it. And she was like, yeah, it doesn't really work. And I've had it in the back of my mind to go back to her and be like, listen, if you're not using that bit, can I, maybe it's a case of buying it. Yeah. Because it's frustrating because I thought of it. She was just a couple of steps down the line with the yeah, process. Yeah, yeah. But but I've very, very rarely done that in stand-up. Like, comedians sometimes add, like, add-ons to jokes. Danny Mac's very good for that. He's of, fantastic, like, Of yeah. going, have you thought about this little add-on? Scott Bennett, who's another comedian we talk about, if anything, sees too many. And he, and yeah, he, yeah, and yeah. he backloads his jokes sometimes. <laughs> You're like, Scott, this bit was perfect three add-ons ago. But the whole thing about... It's a big thing for me that, you know, like when it comes to stand-up and I, I hope this doesn't get boring for people but I think people like us talking about this sort of stuff we get a lot of messages saying so I I don't like a joke that's overwritten because it makes my favourite comedy as we've said a, a million times on this is comedy that feels natural it feels like someone's just spilling their fucking emotions and opinions and their life stories onto an audience if you 
tag a story with 17 extra bits, it becomes so clearly written that I stop enjoying it. It's just not entertaining for me at all. And from that's like in real life, isn't it? Yeah. If if you are riffing and joking and someone's telling you like, oh my God, this happened, and you have that initial laugh, there is a real skill in identifying and being able to perform that bit. And then there is another skill of knowing when the joke is to be just left in the air, floating, yeah. and not to be like, and another thing, and another, because yeah. if, if you do that in conversation, I'm it, great you get, at you doing get, it yeah, with an audience. All right, mate, all right, we get it. We get it. You've done your, we, you've killed the joke in a weird way, like. I'm great at doing it with an audience, and I always push it one too far with Jade. <laughs> you know, when you like, you get a laugh from your partner, and you're like, I get, there's more in this, and you get another one, and she's like, that's really funny, and then you do one more, and she's like, all right, that's enough now, yeah, we get it. Totally. Yeah. She'll say it, an audience won't say it to you, an audience will just slowly laugh less, your partner will go, okay, dickhead, that's enough. <laughs> and you watch newer comedians, and you think, oh God, there's so much more there. Yeah. You've had a bite of the fucking, the, the chicken wing, but there's more meat on the bone. Especially with stories, like people, uh, newer comics uh, don't realise you can, you can like keep adding to a story and keep coming back to the branch. I remember seeing an interview with Kevin Bridges quite early on where he spoke about that. He's like, when I started, I had five minutes. I didn't want to write another five minutes. I wanted to make that five or 10. And yeah. Bit build the tree and I having mean, a, having a set piece yeah. that is I've said this before but about four years ago when I had that Kevin going to see Kevin Hart bit yeah. and the bit about my student neighbours having a rave on New Year's Eve if I got to a gig and was I could literally write Kevin Hart student neighbours and that was my 20 minute set because yeah. both were 10 minutes it's great when you get to the pit where you've like you're off the story you go off the, the track and then you come back onto the track and the skill of knowing when a story's done if it's if it's told and not like uh, some new comics you're like mate why are we still on the journey This we should have got there already sometimes the bit that I had that got me into comedy clubs and what, what I mean by that is like it was the bit that killed when I was up and coming on the circuit and it was the one that made I think made comedy clubs go, oh, he can write a bit because that's seven minutes long. It was about, um, you might remember, it was about listening to two girls discussing what celebrities they would sleep with and one of them mentioned Nelson Mandela. Yeah. Remember that routine? I've seen the, uh, uh, it, it did well, didn't it, the clip? I've seen the clip, I think. It got the, picked up by Lab Bible. Yeah, so yeah, it, yeah, it did, yeah. It did a couple of million, like, which is great. Um, but that bit started as one sentence. It was, I was... Listen to these two girls having a conversation. They were saying, Would you shag Ryan Gosling? Would you shag George Clooney? Like, whoever. And it would you shag Nelson. And it was a true story, like yeah. a semi true story. Yeah. Um, and it mate just went, No, wouldn't shag Nelson Mandela. So I added the line because my ex fella had been in prison and he was a fucking dickhead. Right? So that was the bit. This is what happened. And then I turned that from. How long did that take me to tell you that? 25 yeah, seconds? Yeah, yeah, It was seven and a half minutes. And that, in when you're a new act doing a 10-minute set to, to try out, you come on, you go bang, 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 three quick jokes, and then you close with that story, and you've hit 10 minutes. And it just looks to a promoter like you know what you're fucking doing rather than having five two-minute bits that can all fall apart at any point a seven minute bit that an audience invested in I think that was 
a big thing for me going from open spot to paid act was having a routine. Knowing knowing when to to really deep dive into the thought process. Because that's what a great bit is. This happened and then it's the thought process and you fucking taking the argument apart and then putting it back together. Yeah, a, and then it gets longer and, and then with confidence, you know when to lean in and when to... Yeah. New acts, when they're doing their five minutes, 10 minutes or whatever, they don't even know which style of comedy they're doing sometimes. No. You I get, was, I you was get two puns, one fucking weird bit of like storytelling, then a little bit of like Peter K style. Do you remember this? And you're like, this is all over the rope stylistically. It's fine in your voice, those things. Yeah. I, like, I look back now and I realise I never intended to at all. But my first stuff, very first stuff, is quite one-linery. Yeah. Like, it's feed line, punch line. And so it, like really shit stuff, but you look back and go, I thought I was telling stories, but I wasn't really. It was just as a punchline after the whatever. And yeah. the difference is seeing a joke on the page, and then what, like what Adam's talking about before when he's talking about add-ons, it stops being funny. Is there's something truly funny about like believing something's happened, like genuinely believing, yeah. even if you know as a comic that there's been embellishments and p things have been added if you think ah this is just shtick once it's shtick you're like it might as well just be a gag like yeah. a Tim Vine fucking Anthony totally Jesselnick yeah. gag because you're like this is just a joke so just make it a funny joke but but if it's honest you'll almost forgive a little bit of a failing in the story or joke because you're like yeah because it's real life and I believe you and I think that's why some comedians um fail with like offensive comedy is I think if you're gonna be an offensive comedian like Anthony Jess on it right and you come on stage and go eh, I was fucking a baby last week and that's your opening line immediately the people in the audience know you're talking shit because if you were fucking a baby last week you wouldn't be talking about it on stage so they immediately lock in this is all bullshit he's just being funny and he's being scandalous and he's being you know yeah. and you're either into that or you're not dark but you can immediately go he's not I'm not saying that makes everyone go well I'm up I'm up for offensive comedy because some people just don't like it but if you set your stall out in that way then you can get away with a lot because it's bullshit the jokes have to be higher level better written because the darker they, they are the better they need to be yeah because you have to get past the I know this isn't true stuff and oh that's awful but it's worth it like, yeah that's what you want isn't it but then people fuck up by trying to be offensive but they start with stuff to get the audience on side that has to be true like they'll go on stage and go oh I've moved in with my girlfriend and this happened and this happened and this happened and that is only funny as you said because it's true so the audience are then locked into oh this guy is actually talking about his life and then that same act goes and last week I was fucking this baby. <laughs> and the audience go, whoa! Yeah, hey, hang on a minute. With people. You, you can't do that. You've got to either be commit to everything I'm saying has an element of truth to it, or it's all bollocks. And I think that's where comedians, especially people who are trying to be offensive, they fuck up when they try and crisscross that stuff. Because I don't think we're good at seeing how audiences see us. 
what we forget because we know we're complicated you know I'm into this and I'm into that but there's an element of this in me you know and I'm I'm a little bit spiritual although I've got a great sense of humour and I'm edgy but I am a nice guy like they don't see any of that you walk on stage and they go Scouse lad he's a he's, he's you're brash uh, and he doesn't give a fuck <laughs> that is basically the quick judgments that they're making off what you're wearing off how you're behaving off off your style and your confidence and your first few jokes so if you start down one road and then halfway through the set set off down another like this is true story this is real life i've got a missus and i've got you know these and then all of a sudden it's like dark stuff that isn't real you've crowds are like who the fuck are you? Yeah, yeah. I've done the same. If I, if I keep it light and silly and do my little caricatures, and and the voices that I'm good at, and as soon as I then have an opinion on something, crowds are a bit like. Even if you're having a great gig, they're like, "What? what? Yeah, yeah. You're not an opinion guy. Like, if you have a bit, even the hints about politics early on, it. If you do something later on that has an opinion around it that will go a lot better because they're like, oh, this guy's sort of, yeah, he's got opinions on stuff and it's, it's silly. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's funny when you change gear on an audience, how a really good crowd gets it. They know that there's more going on, but most crowds will be like, what, who, who are you? It's yeah. funny. It's e almost better. If you're going to be surreal, hit the ground running with surreal. surreal. If you're going to be controversial, hit the ground running with controversial. And like, that's why... I love it when people have got the balls to start with, like we were talking about the other day, like when Nick Helm walks on and he's like, let's kick this in the dick. That, and you're like, it's bang, you're in, an you're, opening line it's a fucking, you're in, you're in fourth gear straight away. Yeah. And it, he's a high voltage, sweary, loud comedian. And that opening line tells you that immediately. It's a perfect opening line that will have absolutely ruined several gigs for him as he was working comedy out on the yeah. way up because crowds are like oh, I don't know who are you? I don't want to kick anything in the dick but you're you like you've really got to break you've got to break a few eggs the way you dress the way you walk on stage the first thing you say I started wearing jackets on stage <laughs> so it looked like I don't give a fuck that was a I, that was the big change for you for me Honestly, wearing jackets. Yeah, that Nelson Mandela bit was fine, but when you were wearing jackets, I was like, "This guy's got it." <laughs> I was like, "That's the give him proper gigs now. Pay this fucker." I like. I think comedians do overthink it a lot, but in my head, I was like, "If I wear a jacket, it looks like I'm not staying long. I haven't even took me fucking jacket off, lad." So you know, look like this is like six years ago when I started wearing. Plus, it. you had a great bit about that Primark jacket. Primark jacket, joke, yeah. <laughs> That was a fucking great bit. Uh, yeah, don't get too wrapped up in, in what you wear or uh, your hairstyle or your intro music, but do be aware of how you how audiences see you. It's a real skill to be able to, and I'm not saying I've got that because I've been a bit sporadic with what I've worn and how I've, but you learn as you go, but it is, a, it is definitely worth keeping an eye on just the style and content. That is if you ever want to do uh, comedy. I mean... A lot of you might just want to be a chorister. So how did you get into singing in choirs? No. <laughs> Where did you actually sing? Can you actually sing? I no. mean, we've got... this. So I'm... I'm Let's give it a go. And Yeah, okay. Ave Maria, please. You know, you, you went to a cafe. Uh, no, Adam. I want you to really try. Uh, no, no, no. No, no, no. Order. 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 
Order, order. That's being silly. I want you to. I I want you to be genuine. I don't not for comedies, not for lols. I want to see. <clears throat> okay. You show me how to do it, and then I'll. Right. Okay. We did. I don't think we did Ave Maria. We were C of E. We didn't get touched. We didn't sing this song. Gloria and Excelsior Steel. Gloria, Gloria, in Excelsis. That's a banger. That yeah, that's that's. Uh, you could put that on the club, no, and I reckon place would go fucking mad. Yeah, that's for that's like a working class Christian song. <laughs> we didn't sing that shit. So what? What do you sing? Well, there was different types of there's different types of like Christian song in there. There's that sort of shit like Gloria, which is basically sister act. Can I just say, right? How far in? We're, we're 40 minutes. It's going to be a slightly short one today, and it, there's, there's there's no features or anything because we're in the middle of fucking decorating this. Um, be back on fucking structured stuff from Monday, kids. Yeah, proper's, proper's from Monday. Um, oh, I can't wait to show people what we've built here. But anyway, um, if you've if you have gone to everyone who listens to this, what do you reckon the main branch of today's podcast is going to be? Uh, I think it's probably going to be uh, Christian hymns. <laughs> what, Adam and Dan? Yeah, yeah. I think they both might reveal they were in choirs as children. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Ave Maria, pure, pure Catholic, that. Yeah. It's well Cathy, that. As I didn't want to ever called it a Cathy. You're a fucking Cathy. Your mind's a Cathy. Your mind's a fucking Cathy. Um, Gloria. Gloria Never sang that cause In ex no, no I went to a good school We uh, We never did Shine Jesus Shine Because that's like Born again Modern Happy clapping My church My church or school Would never have had, Do you remember that Shine Jesus Shine Spread yeah. your love Like Marjorie yeah. That's I don't know The lyric We were more like I'm trying to think. Oh, like, and in those feet on England's walk on your mom's fucking flubs. Did you do Nasty Devil? Hallelujah! 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 Did you do Nasty Devil? Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Did I do Nasty Devil? We're going to get. If we get thrown out of this office for singing Hallelujah, did you do Nasty Devil? The fuck? Are you, what kind of church did you go to? Was this in your uncle fucking Kev's garage? <laughs> Alright, lad, come round fucking church on Sunday. Hey, Nasty don't mind that. That's some diesel oil. Knock that out of the way. It was a cover of um, Nasty Hill by <laughs> Nelly. <laughs> Gotta love my little Nasty. <laughs> Nasty Devil. <laughs> <laughs> In my head, I was like, "You gotta keep a straight face." It's gone. Gotta love my little nasty devil. Gotta love my little nasty devil. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's getting garden here. <laughs> so take off all your robes. <laughs> so God, I'm gonna take my robes off. <laughs> it's getting garden here. So take off all your robes. No matter what I do, all I think about is juice. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> and he hasn't got any more songs. So <laughs> We're all done.
I'm glad we've invested in this studio, isn't it? It's oh. kind of useful for people, you know, it's important. Are your fucking neighbours listening to this? Oh, He's no. doing Christian parodies, Mark. <laughs> I wonder I had a plop on the way home from church. Shall we Is call that a pod? I've got to go to fucking Skipton to do a gig to a load of cars. I'm doing that drive through gig for Freddie Quinn. This, this, this live drive pod. through drive through <laughs> drive in yeah, you're not just stood in a Mackey's window going knock knock <laughs> you get the punchline to the next window <laughs> who's driving <laughs> I've said to Freddie <gasps> it, the first person at that gig tonight to do a dog and dog in bit is exactly what I said I'll literally show you the whatsapp group I was like the first person to say the word dog in has to admit they did it to Danny Mac <laughs> And feel the fucking shame coming through your WhatsApp like you fucking oh. hack. Right. Hallelujah. Um, as always. Hallelujah. Shut up. Hallelujah. 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 We love you all. Dan! You wrap it up. <laughs> Be a pro. <laughs> I can't wrap it up while you're singing. Come on, Chris. You just wrap it up. I always wrap it up. I'm sick of it. <laughs> I'm trying. You're, I'm not normally singing while you do it. Go on. In the bleak midweek It's making me feel weird uh, Sexy No In my underpants Think about me in my underpants In, in the frosty wind I In my underpants about them frosty Dan, come on Shut up Dan Dan That is fucking rude, that What you've just done Change your mic off Or is it mine? Nice so bitch. thanks as always to all our listeners and don't turn your mic back on pack it in Can you sing one hymn? no you can't <laughs> he's stuck his head oh thanks as always for listening to us um, I'm going to kill this cunt you know you are all going to be very excited to see what we've been building in here on Monday Um hope the slightly shorter episode than normal is sound uh, please support all our sponsors I'll fucking lick you if you don't fuck off um, we'll see you on Monday sorry I gotta go and kill this cunt bye Felicia bye.